what is going on once again, everybody? This is your favorite annoying talking head, Beige Man, coming at you with another cathartic podcast. Kind of stuck on what the hell I want to cover today. You can probably hear music in the background. Sorry. I'm at work right now. My door is not wanting to shut. And I got somebody in here working. So I don't have a choice. Who knows how long he's going to be here. So anyways, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to talk about. It's been the last week or so. Been a little, I think it's been a little bit of time since I put a podcast out there. It's been the last week or so trying to figure out what I want to talk about. I mean, the college football season's over with. Not really an NFL person. But <clears throat> I know... Week one of the NFL playoffs is come and gone. I'm not an NBA person, so I can't even tell you what the hell happened in the NBA. I don't have a point of view on the NBA. All I can do is regurgitate what I find on Bleacher Report and other NBA sites. Baseball, eh, who really cares? I mean, there were some headlines that happened the last few days. I think we'll talk about the biggest one, I guess, is Clemson's utterly... Fucking unapologetic demolishing of Alabama in the national championship game. I didn't know who's gonna win. I didn't have I didn't have A, I didn't have a dog in the fight. B, I didn't have a clue. I mean, I looked at both schedules. Minus the Georgia game against Georgia and Oklahoma for Alabama. That's really all they faced. Clemson really hadn't faced anybody since Syracuse. So I didn't have a horse. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I didn't have a real solid idea of who was going to win. Even with the pretty decently weak schedules, those were the two best teams in the country, hands down. I probably would have leaned more towards Alabama going into this game just because I believe Oklahoma was a much better team than Notre Dame. Notre Dame got beat by 27. Oklahoma got beat by 11, 12, by Alabama. So, I was probably leaning towards Alabama going back-to-back. And lo and behold, no. I mean, the first half was decent. I mean, Alabama was up 16, what, 16-14? Then all of a sudden, Clemson rips off, what, 30 straight points? They're the unanswered points. I mean, Clemson shut out Alabama in the second half. What? That's not supposed to happen. Not to Alabama. Apparently there's nothing wrong with me. And something's got to give in the background. I have something did give. Fucking Clemson make out gave. No, let me rephrase that. Something did give. Alabama gave. Gave. Gave in. Wow, totally fucked the shit out of that fucking pun. And Clemson walks out with the national championship. Congratulations to Clemson. The only bad part about this is all the fucking annoying Clemson fans that came out of the woodworks. On Facebook, on Instagram, people I know back in Charleston. The people I know back in Charleston fucking everything up. Oh, Clemson won. Yeah, he won. Fucking dickheads. So... Congratulations to Clemson. Is there um, 
change of guard? Is Alabama no longer having a dynasty? Is Clemson taking over? No. I'd say the two best teams were out there. Saban was kind of predictable and didn't make the proper adjustments. And Dabo, I mean, everybody knows Dabo's a good coach. I hate to say it. I hate Dabo. I don't like Clemson. But he's a great coach. And you saw what he did. This is what he's doing. And I've said it in the past. Saban is magnificent at planning ahead when he has two, three, four weeks to plan for a team. He had eight days. It gets a really good team. Now, if he has an offseason and a month to prepare for a really good team, they're going to have it. That team's going to have issues. I mean, the first half was okay. I mean, the first half wasn't the cleanest of cleans. So, I mean, like I said, it was, I mean, Clemson, Clemson was losing for a brief moment. <laughs> By two, but they're still losing. <clears throat> Memorials is kind of back, this weird back and forth. Now Clemson gets a pick six. After their offense goes three, three, three and out, Alabama, Alabama comes right back around with a 62-yard touchdown pass. Then Etienne, 17-yard touchdown run. Then Alabama returns a favor with the one-yard touchdown pass. But they missed the PAT. Thoroughly in the game, who cares? Then we get into the second quarter, the last time Alabama scored. With over 14 minutes left to go in the second quarter, Alabama kicked the 25-yard field goal, and they never scored again. And they never led again. At that time, they led 16-14 with that field goal. And then Clemson just fucking pulled away. They played keep away in the fourth quarter. No team scored. Neither team scored in the fourth quarter. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, a true freshman, was splitting time with uh, Bryant. Got hurt in the Syracuse game. The backup, backup quarterback, I forgot his last name. I think he was like a five-star recruit as well. Comes in, gets Syracuse, or uh, gets Clemson's quick past Syracuse, and that was the last close game Clemson had. They blew everybody out after that. Everybody. Led by a true freshman. He finished the national championship game with over 340 yards. With three touchdowns? Three touchdowns. Tua had almost 300 yards, but he had two interceptions. And, and he had two touchdowns. Well, granted, actually, technically, I guess he had three if you count the pick six and went the other way. And all this shit about, well, Tua should have won the, the Heisman Trophy. Tua should have won the Heisman Trophy. Tua was better than Murray. Blah, 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 after the Oklahoma game. I've said it once, and I'm going to say it again. Kyler Murray put numbers up against a great defense. Trevor Lawrence did, too. Tua put great numbers up against a shitty defense in Oklahoma. <clears throat> Kyler Murray still should have won Heisman, and he didn't. Now, Tua had an opportunity to make a statement in this game. 
to put the Oklahoma game to rest and go, you know what? I should have won the Heisman, but instead he lays a fucking egg and plays like shit. So bad he got pulled in the fourth quarter. How many times did that happened this year? Two times? Yeah, Georgia game against Georgia, he got pulled as well. Both teams still had over 400 yards total offense. Alabama did outrush Clemson. Did not pass him, of course. And if you even take away those two turnovers by Tua, they still lost. And that was the whole conversation of, well, the torch has been passed. No, it hasn't. The top two teams are still Oklahoma, are still Clemson and Alabama. I think you're going to see Georgia, Oklahoma, and maybe even Ohio State step up. Texas is on, is on the rise. I'm thinking you're going to see a change in the guards here soon. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say a change in the guard. But you're going to see the guard being challenged more. And the next coming years is not just going to be Clemson and Alabama, Oklahoma, maybe Ohio State, Texas, Dare I say Florida, Georgia, LSU, I'm not sold on. I'd like to see LSU get back to it. I don't know what the thing is. All of a sudden, I kind of like LSU now because it's not as good. <laughs> Will Florida State come up? If we talk about bad conferences, and the ACC is like one of the worst conferences out there, but they have a team like Clemson who – can dominate the ACC and can dominate teams outside the ACC. I don't think ACC is all that great. <clears throat> Boston College had a decent year. Syracuse had a good year. But it's not a top to bottom or top to halfway to the bottom, halfway down, solid conference. <clears throat> Big Ten. Eh. Ohio State. Then who? Michigan? I wasn't sold on Michigan, and I've said that before. But they were dominating teams until they got to face good teams like Ohio State. And then they got beat badly by Ohio State. Then they went in and faced Florida, who I still don't think is a really good team. I think they're on the up, and Florida fucking blew them out. So I'm not sold on Michigan. Michigan is having a whole bunch of issues themselves. whole bunch of issues. Michigan State. Michigan State had one of the best rushing defenses in the country. I think third best. Worst offense. Man, my God. that is Their offense has always been shaky, but holy shit, their offense was terrible this year. Wisconsin, they had a down year. They did go beat Miami, who, well, you turn around and watch that. Uh, Rick retired. We talked about that <clears throat> earlier in life. Penn State. I've said it once now. I've said it at least a hundred times since we started doing this podcast. Penn State is very overrated this year. Very overrated this year. They shouldn't have been ranked top 25. And I think they still are ranked top 25, even though they got beat pretty good by 
a one-dimensional Kentucky team. Iowa? Iowa stubbed their own toe. Iowa does that. Iowa looks good one, two years. Think, oh, they're going to make the next leap forward. Going to that year, they're favored, and they fall apart. Purdue's on the rise. They did finish 6-7 and seven and got smashed by Auburn. Northwestern went out there and won the Big uh, Ten East, or East, Big Ten West. Went out to San Diego and beat Utah in the Holiday Bowl. Don't get me started on the Pac-12. Holy fuck, what a mess that is. Minnesota, who knows what Minnesota's going to be. They started off slow, had a couple wins, played Ohio State tough, and Ohio State couldn't figure out their head from their ass. Did blow up Wisconsin. And then went into the bowl game, and I forgot who they beat off the top of my head. Nebraska finished off 4-6. and six. They went 4-2 and two in the last half of the season. Definitely, if you look at when they had their first win, which was against Minnesota. So Nebraska, once they got – I mean, once they went into – they played Wisconsin tough. They go on to Northwestern, lead Northwestern, lose it. I mean, they, they hit rock bottom. And they did finish out the year 4-2. and two. They beat Minnesota. Bethune-Cook, okay, that was a makeup game for the Akron game being canceled. Lost to Ohio State. They probably should have won that game. Actually, no, they, should probably, they shouldn't have even been close that game. That's how bad Ohio State played until they played Michigan. Blew up Illinois. Illinois couldn't get out of their own way. Squeaked by Michigan State. Again, Michigan State's offense is inept in the snowstorm, but nonetheless. And then they played the rival Iowa pretty damn close. So they're on the rise. They also had a good recruiting class. But going back to the Big Ten, where's the depth at there? The ACC has no depth. We talked about that already. It's Clemson. Maybe Syracuse. Will Syracuse be able to spring together or string together multiple solid seasons? Boston College was this season that they had this year. Was that a one and done? They kind of do that every once in a while. They, they surprise you, and then they kind of fall apart for a little bit. Pitt won their their division, but they still had – they finished, what, 8-6 and six or something like that? 7-7. Seven seven. They won their division and finished the season 7-7. Seven seven. Miami, they were in turmoil. They weren't any good this year. North Carolina, <laughs> They went and hired Mac Brown. NC State may have had some hopes. Uh, Virginia Tech was supposed to be a team that was going to give Clemson a run. Lost to Old Dominion. Finished the season, I think, six and seven. Lost their bowl game. Actually, yeah, finished season six and seven. They lost to Cincinnati. In the Navy Marine Corps Bowl. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry, the military bowl. The Big Twelve? My point being there's no there's no conference that from top to bottom, top to the middle, is so solid that you can say they're the best conference. You look at the SEC, oh is the best T conference in the country. La 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 la. They're going off of reputation and elitism. Alabama, Georgia. I would put a&M third. I put A&M, Mississippi State, and Florida third. LSU fourth. 
And LSU did beat Florida, and and they lose AM though. And then there's Auburn. Auburn needs to know what you're, you're going to get. All year long, disappointing year. They squeaked in. They did get into a bowl game against. They just made Purdue look bad. Malzahn was calling the offensive plays and he called a great game. And hats off to Gus Malzahn. The Pac-12? <laughs> what a fucking dumpster fire that is. All this talk of, well, this is the SEC is the best conference. The ACC is the best conference. The Big Ten is the best conference. The Big 12 is the best conference. No. You are, they are conferences with good teams in it. Simple as that. Big Ten is a conference with good teams in it. And someone brought up today, I was listening to the radio on the way to work today, and they had said, you know, what if Ohio State was in instead of Notre Dame or Oklahoma? You can play what if until you're fucking blue in the face. It doesn't change the fact that they weren't in. Well, what if this, what if that? If you live off of what ifs, do I think the ACC was the best conference in the league? No. In the country, no. Do I think it was the worst conference in the country? If it wasn't for the Pac-12, I'll say yes. I should say bias five conference. So, no, I don't think the ACC is the best conference. I think they're the second worst power five conference out of the Pac-12. But they have the best team hands down. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Clemson is the best team in the country. You can sit here and play the what if game, or you can sit here and play, well, look at their schedule. They didn't play anybody. Minus outside of Syracuse, maybe Notre Dame. I'm going to give that to you. But they didn't have many close games. They didn't sit there and toy with whoever they're playing with or playing against. They knew they were better. They played like they knew that they were better, and they proved that they were better. That's it. And that's what you're supposed to do. Again, once you get past the Syracuse game, when they, I was the Saturday before uh, Bryant made his decision to leave school, Trevor Lawrence goes in and he gets a stinger in the game. They bring in a backup of a backup quarterback. He leads them to the victory. But after that game, when Trevor Lawrence gets 100% of the snaps, there is not a close game. I think the closest game I see is 27 points. Nope, nope this is a 20 point right there, Boston College. Clemson's hands down is the best team. Can't sit here and people bitch, people moan. Well, I'm tired of seeing Clemson, tired of seeing Alabama. Yeah, me too, but you know what? I can't do a damn thing about it. I need my teams to fucking go out there and recruit better. That's it. Alabama, Clemson, recruit. Georgia, recruits. Ohio State, they recruit. Texas, they keep Texas players in Texas. <clears throat> I think I saw a number that Tom Herman is either 11 or 19 of the 29 or 30-some Texas players staying, or staying in Texas, playing at Texas. Then there's 30-some-odd um, top 100 players in the state of Texas. I've got the stats. California, Florida, and Texas split it basically – each 12 men, 100, had a, a, the bulk of the 100 top players in the country. I mean, it was 300, whatever, whatever ESPN does. And of the 30-some-odd top 30 players that are in the state of Texas, Tom Herman has, I think, 11 or 19. I forgot the number on that one. He's recruiting. 
I hate Texas. I don't like Tom Herman. I don't respect him. I think he's a douchebag. He's he can coach. He can coach and he can recruit. Which really, if you can't recruit at the, at, in the University of Texas and you can't recruit within Texas, you don't need to be a coach. I'm sorry. It shouldn't be that hard to recruit in Texas. Even with the fighting overpaid Jimbos over at AM. <clears throat> so what happens next year? Who fucking knows? It's probably going to be Alabama, Clemson 1 and 2. I mean, Clemson is going to have to replace, I think, the majority of the front four or front seven on defense. Oh, here's another thing. I mean, what's his face gets suspended again. Maybe he'll stay suspended for uh, um, Dasha Lawrence. That's right. He's suspended for uh, a steroid or some sort. Two games. Defense doesn't miss a heartbeat. Because people forgot to mention that his backup is also an NFL prospect. Clemson was fucking deep, man. Just is. Clemson is deep. Offense is going to be solid. Young receivers. They're going to be young offensive line. Clemson is going to be good again next year. And all this, well, the secondary sucks. They've held up pretty well. Minus the South Carolina game, they've held up fairly well. It wouldn't surprise me if Clemson and – I don't know. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if, if Clemson repeats next year. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Clemson-Alabama again next year. Because Alabama has a bunch of young receivers. Defense, probably need to change some things around. Speaking of Alabama, Jalen Hurts is now in the transfer protocol, which or portal, I'm sorry, which basically means he has been granted the transfer. His name will go into a big database, and now he can start going through his second recruiting class or recruiting phase. And according to, uh, let's see, Bleacher Report betting odds on Jalen Hurts' next team. There's a couple different ones in there. I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. Houston, Houston's on that list. Um, this one I got Dana Holgerson from West West Virginia. We talked about that in the last podcast, podcast for last. Uh, UCLA, I can see him doing well at UCLA. They run a spread option. Arizona, Arizona Wildcats. Um, I don't know about that one. The reason why I don't know about that one is they have a great quarterback in Tate who may be transferring himself who is more of a running quarterback than he is a throwing quarterback. Same thing as Hertz. Hertz is more of a running runner than he is a thrower. And with the OC at Arizona, who runs spread, but he runs mainly a pass-heavy spread. Not, not throwing around uh, air raid, but the quarterback really isn't meant to run. <clears throat> that's what he what he's done. You know, it's basically the offense that AM ran with someone, because that's whose coach is there. Someone brought his OC with them. Tate would have been great if Rodriguez didn't get fired for being stupid. Well, in fact, I would, well, I would be surprised if Tate transfers. I think he's going to. I just don't know where he's going to go. What's the old mess to be a rich rod? But they have a rich freshman that they're very excited about. So I don't see him going there winning that starting job. <clears throat> Who else is on the list for Hurts? Uh, Maryland. I can see Maryland. Um, yeah, I remember the the new head coach at Maryland was the offensive coordinator at Alabama for he took the head coaching job this year. Uh, let's see, you talk about UCLA, TCU. Yeah, I mean, they need a quarterback. They've had some inconsistent quarterback play. 
Florida State, they run the spread system. They have two quarterbacks there, though. I don't know if if he'll even fit in there. Florida? I guess they can see that. Louisville? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. The head coach there, uh, Sutherland? I think it's the guy. Yeah, Sutherland from uh, Appalachian State. Mm. He has to fix a lot of shit. Jimmy might help. He really might help. Uh, Tennessee is on there. Eh. No, I don't even know what. Well, I mean, Pruitt is there, but Pruitt was a D coordinator. They just hired um, Georgia's offensive coordinator to go up to the OC at Tennessee. So it's basically her to turn around, hand the ball off, and make short, calculated, controlled passes. <clears throat> A&M, Texas A&M, they have a guy. UCF, Milton's coming back. To my knowledge. I mean, he's had knee surgery and shit. Unless he can get a medical red shirt, Hertz can move in there. West Virginia, uh, they just actually hired um, Troy State's head coach, who I forgot his name. Which I should know his name, but I forgot it off the top of my head. Yeah, Neil Brown, there we go. Yeah, the guy from uh, uh, Troy State is there. I, I know they ran a spread system. I don't know. I'll watch them play against Nebraska, but their quarterback was more of a turn, around, turn sideways to hand the ball off and throw it. Um, the next two schools, well, he's not going to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has incoming freshman. He just isn't – well, he could go to Oklahoma, but I don't think he's going to be as good there as – people think he's going to be <clears throat> the next two schools I'm about to say one I can see happening and one it's why and the why school is Washington State and the reason why I say that is Washington State is a pass heavy air raid offense Jalen Hurts has proven that he can't really beat you with his arm He can only beat you with his arm when he starts beating you with his legs, which he can do. So that one, the West Virginia, okay, West Virginia want him iffy on. Um, the Arizona want him iffy on. Houston, I'm iffy on. It's because Dana Holgerson is there now. He's an air raid offense. In the school I was saying earlier, a second or two ago, about that I can see happening is Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic? Why would he go to Florida Probably because the guy who recruited him is the head coach there. Lane Kiffin went out and recruited Hurts, wanted Hurts to be his quarterback. He specifically went out and said Hurts is going to be a first-round quarterback. And he went and got him. A year later, he left, or two years later, he left, but they won a national championship with him as, a, as a, 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 the starting quarterback. And Lane Kiffin was the O.C., Lane Kiffin is now the head coach of Florida, Atlantic. So I can see that. Where else can I see him go? I mean, is UCLA, I guess, if he wants to go all the way across the country and play in that spread, fast offense, and he could probably be very good at UCLA, cool. They need a running quarterback. They had one. He got hurt. Then he got his daddy got mad. And he got benched. And they put in um, Spieth. The Iowa slash Michigan UCLA quarterback. I can see him with his ability. Maryland. Well, actually, you know what? I shouldn't say that. Last year's Maryland. I should say that. 
this coming up season, Maryland, I don't know what offense they're going to run. I can see my Florida State, but they're kind of deep. They have two quarterbacks, with Francois and the other kid. <clears throat> I don't see him in Oklahoma. They have a magnificent incoming freshman. I think they have a backup quarterback who they're looking forward to seeing play. I think they may have another transfer coming in as well. I don't see him in Washington State. I don't see him going to Texas A&M because they have a starting quarterback that they like, a young kid. I think he's going to be actually, actually you know, I think he's going to be a junior this coming up year, this coming up season. TCU maybe because they have very inconsistent quarterback play. Maybe Florida. Florida likes to run the spread system. Mullen, no Fitzgerald, or Fitzpatrick, or the fuck his name was at Mississippi State, the quarterback there, he could run. But those are the Jalen Hurts sweepstakes. So we're talking about Hurts. What else is going on in the world? Um, what about the Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury thing? Signed the contract with USC. Gets more interest from NFL teams. And the reason why I say more interest is because his name was already in the rumor mill when he got fired at Texas Tech. Granted, it probably was, I think, one head coaching position, which was, I want to say the Jets, I want to say. His name was attached to a lot of OC spots. His name was also attached to Houston briefly, the Houston Cougars, the University of Houston, briefly. I'm going to say he goes to USC, you know, I thought that was a great hire. I thought LA was a good spot for him. I mean, he's got the movie star looks. I think it would have worked for him. I think I even said in one of my podcasts that the team sucks. Helton gets fired. And who slides in? Cliff Kingsbury. But instead, what, a month after he signed to the USC? Not even that. He now wants to do interviews, NFL jobs. I think the Jets, Arizona, and I think Tampa Bay were three, I think. <clears throat> and so, they want, he wants to go interview. Lynn Swan, an AD, which I don't know why he's an AD. USC has been a dumpster fire since the Bush scandal. He blocks it. And then, the, well, there was rumor, there was a report that he was going to block interviews. Then there was reports that well Kingsbury is going to retire or resign. I mean, is going to resign so he can get the interviews and blah 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 blah. A week later, he's now the head coach of the Arizona Card of the Arizona Cardinals. A college coach with a losing record is now a head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, the NFL Arizona Cardinal Cardinals. Sorry. Wow. Then you look at the other hirings throughout the NFL. So far, they haven't really been, wow, hiring. Hey, that's a good hire. You see offensive coordinators who are now head coaches who weren't very good at offensive coordinators. You see defensive coordinators going to places. Who are, they are now head coaches, but they weren't very good. You see things that were No-brainers that aren't happening, such as the fucking Browns getting their head coach. 
They didn't hire what's his face, Antrim, who took over for Hugh. They hired Kitchens. What? They fired Williams, who took over for Hugh. Why did they fire? I wonder if there's a reason behind that firing. Because let's face it, when he was there, the team sucked fucking fat dick. Williams goes in there and it gets him turned around. They were one of the hottest teams in the NFL. But yeah, he's gone and Kitchens is promoted. What? That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Maybe somebody can explain it to me, but it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Then you have Hugh Jackson rumored to be the new head coach at Cincinnati. What? Really? He is fired in Cleveland. Basically created an even bigger dumpster fire than what it has been. Gets hired by Cincinnati. Drama there with Cleveland, of course. And then may get the head coach job a position there. What? That makes, again, no fucking reason behind it. Makes no sense. Bruce Arians goes to Tampa Bay. Hmm. I don't know if he's really all that great, but I mean, he was pretty good at Arizona. But didn't he retire once Carson Palmer decided to retire? <clears throat> Different names. Um, the Bears, D.C., Vic Vangio. Vangio is head coaching. Okay, he's in charge of a pretty decent defense. He's going to have a good pass rusher in Vaughn Miller and a decent defense to go along with it as well. A lot of question marks going on. A lot of things I don't get. Instead of going after a top-notch coordinator, instead of going after a coach and giving him powers, like a McCarthy, who there have been rumors that he was planning on taking the year off, that he flat-out denied Arizona interview, to now him saying he's only going to go to one team and one team only, and that's the Jets. So Arizona goes out and hires Cliff Kingsbury. Hmm. I have questions. I have weird little intuition. I don't say intuition. I don't get it. That one I don't get. You're going to spend millions of dollars on a coach who has no NFL experience whatsoever. Shit, I don't know if he even made the NFL as a player. And he has a losing record. He does have a great college offensive mind. 
but he's going to see different schemes. He's going to face different coaches who have weird schemes that have a hundred percent of time to scheme against him for. And so he has he has a a week to scheme as well, and he doesn't have to worry about classes and shit. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Ah. Hmm. But Michigan losing the defensive coach to Ohio State in the last. I think they actually lost two defensive coaches. Shannon, get the fuck out of Ohio State. <clears throat> I mean, you tried to last year, and everybody in Tennessee had got pissy. But Michigan D-line coach, Greg Madison, has gone off to Ohio State. Again, I think they also another coach left. I forgot what his name, who he was. Shano Canned. Now, that, that's a weird canning. The reason why it's a weird canning to me, yeah, I understand the defense wasn't all that great for most of the season. Last two games, okay. But you can Shiano Day, you did this, after Alec Grinch, Alex Grinch, your co-defensive coordinator, left to the job of Oklahoma. So now you have one defensive coordinator. And then you fire him. I'm lost. Now, I wonder who's going to be the oh, defensive coordinator of Ohio State. Is there going to be one? Is there going to be another co-defensive coordinator? And what is going on there? Speaking of Ohio State, Justin Fields is transferring to Ohio State. Now, he appealed for immediate eligibility for a transfer. I guess a hardship waiver. I think that's what it's called. And that all stems from the moron, needle dick, white trash, inbred motherfucking Georgia uh, baseball player who decided to drop a bunch of N-words and a bunch of other racist slurs, from what I understand, and was caught on video doing so. And of all the black... Players on the Georgia football program, all of the African American, I said black, African American students at the University of Georgia who are uh, outraged by this. Justin Fields is so outraged he has to leave. He's the only one. Didn't hurt Georgia in recruiting. No one else at the moment, anyways, are, are transferred. Let's face it. Let's call a spade a spade. Justin Fields is leaving because he has a way to get out and so he can play and start next year. Because there's no kid in this world who wants to sit back and sit behind somebody who's better than them. Everybody wants the candy bar. Everybody wants their hands held. Everybody wants everything handed to them. And so when life gets hard, you leave. 
We've seen it time and time and time again. Kids are fucking pussies nowadays. That's it. Now, the, NF- the NCAA is supposed to come up with their decision on if Fields will get his hardship waiver. And if he does, he's eligible to start next year. If he doesn't, he has to wait out a year, <clears throat> which I'm going to laugh if that happens. And the reason why I'm going to laugh is because, like I said, it's called spade is spade. He's not leaving Georgia because that fucking needle dick inbred jackass white guy dropped a whole bunch of racial slurs. He's not. He's leaving because he realizes he can't beat Fromm. He's not good enough to beat Fromm. So he has to leave. Ohio State has a spot open. Or do they? And so the NCAA says, nope, you still have to wait out a year. Guess what? You went through all this drama for nothing. Because you're still going to sit out a year. You could have stayed at Georgia and sat out next year. Actually, you probably could have got playing time next year. Because let's face it, Fromm is decent enough that he's probably going to declare for the NFL draft after next season. If he has a pretty solid year. He'll be a junior next year. So you're going to go to Ohio State if your waiver isn't clear by the NCAA. You're going to go to Ohio State. You're going to practice, but you're going to sit not on the bench because you're redshirted. We may sit on the bench, but you're not going to be in pads. You're not going to redshirt your transfer. I don't know how much you can actually do during the game days. <clears throat> but if you were sitting at Georgia, yes, you would have sat behind from. But you would have got playing time. Don't give me this shit that because some white trash inbred moron who ruined his college career by showing his true colors, which should have been vented in the first place by the Georgia coaching staff, baseball coaching staff, and the school. Don't tell me because of his actions is what caused you to transfer. I don't buy that. I will give you that it probably made you uncomfortable, but you know what? It probably made the majority of the uh, Georgia um, enrollment uncomfortable. Minus those neodic pricks who were kind of hiding in the weeds. And I'd assume 100% of the African-American population at the University of Georgia enrollment felt uncomfortable, felt mad, felt angry. Now, I don't know what happened in the aftermath. I assume, of course, you know the same assumptions, that the white trash racist player was kicked out of school. Probably had to write some apology or some bullshit like that. I don't know what else, if the university did anything, if they did some awareness thing or something. I don't know. I don't follow the University of Georgia that closely. I heard that story and went, oh, look, it's the South again. <clears throat> One of these days, the South is going to get rid of that stigmata. Or stigma, I'm sorry. Not stigmata, but they're going to get rid of that stigma. Probably won't be in my lifetime. So we'll see what happens with Justin Fields. Is he even that good? We'll find out. And just because he was one of the top prospects in the country um, last season, 
and he's a freshman this season, or this last, I'm sorry, no, uh, 2018 class. This is going to the 2019 class now. <clears throat> and he's transferring to Ohio State doesn't mean he's going to get the starting nod. They have a guy out there by the name of Tate Martell, who isn't a bad quarterback himself. And I'm pretty sure Mr. Martell isn't just going to take a side, take a step to the side, and let some jackass who has very thin skin, who doesn't like competition, come in and take his job. Now, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. <clears throat> so I did talk about Fields using the racist asshole as his excuse. Then why fucking play almost every game this season? Why get in? Because that happened at the beginning of the season. You could have gone through played your four games and then said, I'm going to transfer, and this is why. But instead... He goes through 13, 12 games, 13 games. I don't think he played in the SEC championship, if I remember correctly. But he goes through at least 12 games. Doesn't say a fucking word. Wasn't until towards the, the bull season that, oh, he's in transfer now. Comes out. If that incident hurt you and bugged you and scared you so badly, don't you think you would have taken immediate steps to get out? Or am I missing the point because I'm a white guy? What that player did was stupid, and I hope that his life for the next 10 years is ruined. I really do. There's no place in this world for for racism, for sexism. So my point being, shouldn't Fields have made the immediate decision? If it hurt him, bugged him, scared him so badly? But no, he waited three, four months before he made the announcement, before he made the decision. So, off to Ohio State he goes. Hey, good for him. Let's see. Don't give a flying fuck about baseball. Don't care about soccer. <clears throat> so, that'll rant and rave and all that shit that I just did. I can't want to leave on... on, on actually, no, I'm going to back up because I'm interested in this. I'm actually interested in this story. I haven't read it yet. I stumbled upon it. But I'm interested in it. <clears throat> and I don't know why. But before I get to that story, Mike Gundy did sign a contract extension through 2023. Good for him. I like Mike Gundy. I'm surprised he stayed at Oklahoma State. They seem to be giving, making his life hard. <laughs> but I'm glad to see he's staying there. He was supposed to think he was leaving last year. Then he didn't. Change his mind. Good for him. But. I backtrack to the story that I saw. I'm, try, I'm, I'm reading it real quick. I'm trying to read it, trying to understand it before I sit here and, and talk about it. I think it has something to do with injury sustained. Okay. So, um, a couple years ago, when um, Taggart became the head coach of Oregon for brief moments, I think a whole bunch of players were sent to the hospital during off-season workouts for god i gotta say this i know what it, i know what it means but i forgot i gotta figure out how to say it rob domylosis which is basically means you've torn down your muscle so much because when you lift 
you strain yourself, your muscles tear a little bit, and then it, you send proteins and carbohydrates and other building blocks to rebuild your muscles, <clears throat> to repair your muscles. This ribdomyelosis is basically you're torn down so much that your body begins to eat itself, basically. And you go to the hospital and people have died from it. I hear a lot of it happening with CrossFitters because they just push themselves above and beyond what they're used to and this type of things happen. <clears throat> so this gentleman, this kid, uh, Doug Brenner, is suing the University of Oregon, the NCAA, and former head coach Willie Taggart, and a former uh, strength coach as well for $11.5 million. Because in January 2017, which was the Jan, was that? This is 18. Yeah, so that was Taggart's first and only year at Oregon. Um, Brenner suffered ribomyelosis and other subsequent uh, subs, subsequent injuries. Whatever other injuries, aka his. Butt was hurt. Now, I'm not going to say th that this disease isn't true. Isn't real. It is. It just is. I know a couple of Nebraska players ran into it because they were soft. And the university took care of it, to my knowledge. <clears throat> so, Brenner is seeking damages uh, for both the medical bills and... Yeah, that's it. Seeing damages for the medical bills that he uh, occurred, which I thought the university was supposed to cover that. So the injuries, which makes sense. Uh, permanent renal injury, which makes sense. Uh, I don't know about this part, and they need to figure I don't know about this part. The shortening of his lifespan by upwards of 10 years. Mm, I haven't seen any paperwork about that. I haven't seen any research on that. So that one's a little suspect to me. Increase the susceptibility of kidney failure, kidney disease, and death. Well, yes, he could have died from it. And, yes, I understand the kidney part because it does put a lot of strain on your kidneys. Totally get that. Emotional pain. So he also is suing for emotional pain and premature death. But he's not dead. Now, this one I agree with. The impaired opportunity to play football in college and thereafter. Well, thereafter part might be shaky, but the in college part, okay. So Brenner and two other players, Sam Potassi and tight end Cam Cormick, were all three were hospitalized. And so Brenner is the only one who's suing. That doesn't make sense to me. So my point why I'm interested in this story is uh, kind of a handful, can unfold, I guess you can say. Um, first and foremost, kids are soft, very soft. And they got pushed. Now, should they have been pushed to the point that they get hospitalized? No. Should they have been pushed to the point that their life is now altered? No. I don't agree with that part at all. They're kids. They entrust you as a coach, as a strength coach, to get them prepared for the upcoming season. Physically and mentally. 
could have this been prevented if they weren't soft, maybe? Because they weren't used to it. Now, Brenner's lawyer, in his description that I'm about to read here, is correct. Then, yes, I believe Taggart, his strength and conditioning coach, are responsible. The University of Oregon, the only reason why they're responsible is they hired Taggart. The NCAA, I don't know why the NCAA is responsible. That one gets me. I guess it's one of those sue as many people as you can and see which one stick type of deal. I don't know. But according to Brenner's lawyer, Mark McDougall, the drills were done in unison. And whenever a player faltered, vomited, or fainted, his teammates were immediately punished with additional repetitions. Now, if that's the case, I agree 100% with this lawsuit. 100%. If he was suing because they vomited during practice, okay, you're stretching. But the but if for sure the teammates the player were punished for faltering, for messing up. Which I don't want. I'm going to throw that part out. For vomiting and fainting. Okay, I, you are liable, in my opinion. For faltering, fuck no. If you're suing because the player faltered and his, his teammates were punished because he fucked up, you need to get your head out of your ass. But the vomiting and fainting part, okay. There's no place in that nowadays. This isn't like the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. <clears throat> when you can let that shit fly. Shit. But at the same time, we're fucking soft as shit. And I can't do two days anymore. I can rules. If the heat index is over 90 degrees, can't practice. If there's lightning 15 miles away, can't practice. If there's a small little roll of thunder, can't practice. A little bit of rain, can't practice. What? This is fucking sports. <sighs> now, last part of the lawyer, lawyer's little spiel here. Okay, is no, I was wondering why the NCAA is involved. And again, I didn't read the whole damn article before I started talking about it. That's my fault. But these states, a key goal of this lawsuit is to force the NCAA to ban these kind of punishing, abusive workouts. These workouts are contrary to the NCAA guidelines for protecting players from injury and death. The NCAA needs to enact and enforce regulations out of all these practices. Yes and no. Yes, they need to outlaw players being punished when somebody when another their teammate vomits or is or faints. First off, those if their teammate vomits or faints, that person, that teammate should be pulled off the field and examined closely. That's it. Vomiting and fainting usually kind of, kind of, there's a lot of different things that could be going on there. Should there be guidelines to protect the players? Yes, there should be. Now, these workouts, what are we talking about the punishing of teammates when one of their teammates faints or vomits? Yes, I agree. These workouts, a hard workout, need to be taken out of this equation? No. Now, the same, there isn't a full statement here. I read you the statement that has been reported, that has been released. So there's more to it, maybe. I don't know. 
I just plain old don't know. So I agree and I slightly disagree with some of this. I agree players should not be punished when they vomit or faint or when they feel faint. They should be looked at. They should be cared for. These are kids. When a teammate falters, the whole team gets punished. I'm okay with that. Unity, teamwork. The only thing I don't like about that is when a player constantly falters and his teammates jump on his ass in a negative way. That part I don't like. But they support him and try to help him succeed at whatever drill is going on or whatever he's supposed to. Perfect. I'm cool with that. Now, if he's sitting and that player falters and sits out while the rest of his teammates being punished, I don't agree with that. No, not so much. <clears throat> so we'll kind of follow this maybe. Depends on how much is reported and how much isn't reported. Uh, Bryce Harper hasn't found a new home yet. Don't care. Definitely don't care about soccer sport uh, highlights or anything like that. Where is that fucking article I wanted to read? So, I'm going to let you go today here in a second. Something that I saw, which I thought was really, really cool, because you don't hear about it happening. You don't ever see it happening. <clears throat> fucking PETA. I fucking hate PETA. Fucking, I like PETA bread. But PETA needs to fucking go away and die a horrible death. Yes, I said that. God damn it, I can't find the article. I saw it, but I want to make sure I have the right information for you people. There it is. Okay. So I saw this article yesterday, last night, before I fell asleep. And it's really cool. And I really, really like it. I think it's, this is... This shows character on this person. It is something that we lack a lot nowadays. The man talked about Justin Fields. I just talked. I said, PETA sucks. Needs to die a horrible death. I... Talked about this lawyer. I talked about the, um, Taggart and, and morons doing stupid things to kids and kids being soft and blah, 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 blah. Nothing, not much in there I said. That was good. Period. I mean, maybe something about Clemson, Alabama. Maybe. Maybe. Ohio State said something positive about them. Maybe. But there's this article. Mike Bobo, those of you who don't know who Mike Bobo is, if I remember correctly, he was a quarterback at University of Georgia. Uh, late 90s? Early 2000s, maybe? I want to say. We're... I mean, he's 44 now, so early 90s. Mid-90s. 93 or 97. He was a quarterback at Georgia. Um, anyways, he is the... Head coach at Colorado State. Those of you who don't know Colorado State is in the state of Colorado, by the way, hence Colorado State. Um, College Station? No. Where the fuck is Colorado State at? It's going to piss me off now once I see the name of this town it's in. Where the fuck is Colorado State? That's going to piss me off. I know this, but apparently I don't know this. Fort Collins. Why did I think Air Force is there? <laughs> Anyways. I back up. So he's the head coach of Colorado State. 
they were supposed to have a decent team this year. I think last year yeah, they had a pretty good team. This year there was kind of hopes for them that they would be a good they'd be a good team this year. They finished three and seven, which sucks. He's been there since fifteen, so it's not bad. So he's had three straight seven to six seasons until this last year when they finished three and nine. Well, Jim Page, why are you telling me this? Because according to his contract, he's supposed to get pay rates of hundred thousand dollars. That's why. In his contract, uh, after year four, he's supposed to get pay rates of a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, that's people will take that in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, it's not fucking Alabama or USC or Ohio State or Clemson money, but hundred thousand dollars for a guy who coaches at Colorado State is a hundred thousand dollar increase, by the way. So, Bubba went, no. Don't pay me the $100,000 increase. <clears throat> he probably said different words in there, besides just, no, don't pay it. Don't pay me that. And the reason why he turned it down was because they finished 3-9. and nine. And according to Bobo, Coach Bobo, quote, this is an, administra- this is an administration that stood behind me. And I felt like we didn't live up to our end of the deal. I wanted to make a statement to our players that we're in this together. We've got to, we got be, what? We've got, you've got, I know how to read. Uh, Our players that we are in this together and you've got be accountable. Wow. Starting with me. You've got be accountable. Well, that's actually what it says. You've got be accountable. Accountable. Starting with me. So entering his fifth year, he declined it, which no one would do. How often you there's not many people, I want to say no one, but there's not many people out there that's they go into a year and they go, Hey, I'm gonna get a hundred thousand dollar increase. Nah, I'm gonna turn it down. Cause I didn't live up to my end of the bargain. That shows character. And not a lot of people nowadays have character like that. They have character. It's negative. But a guy like Coach Bobo here, yes, his last name is Bobo, B-O-B-O. He's showing character, and he's showing his players by example. He's teaching his players by example. $100,000 is a good chunk. If I made $100,000 for... Coaching football and going three and eight, three and nine, fuck yeah. My life would be set right now. I mean, Grant, I don't know how much he's making in in the front. I don't know. I don't know how much he's making all together or not all together, but year to year, anyways. But he's declined the increase. That's cool. And he's taking accountability, which is something we don't fucking do nowadays. Starting at the top level of our government. And working its way down to the low levels of people. No one takes accountability. It's always someone else's fault. And Coach Bobo is taking accountability for his for the team's slow start. Not slow start, but the team's shitty season. Now, quote, it's easy to point fingers at your players and say, you didn't do this right and didn't do that right. I want to say that I'm proud of it as much as anybody, and I want to get it right. I'm proud. I'm a part of it as much as anybody, and I want to get it right. 
Now, granted, he may be making, you know, a million dollars or $5 million or $8 million a season. I mean, doubtful at Colorado, but Colorado State anyways. <clears throat> but he's taking the step forward and go, hey, we sucked. And he's taking accountability for it. And he can't lock the guy for that. My hat's off to him for taking that step and being held accountable. Yeah, granted, again, he's probably making a couple million or a million, maybe. So $100,000 isn't going to make a huge difference. But the fact that he turned it down is awesome. <clears throat> so that is what you get today from me. This is probably the last college football talk since, I mean, it's over with now. Unless something big happens, which I don't think anything will. I don't know. You never know what's going to happen college football-wise. Uh, working on some more guests. Uh, was Did have one kind of lined up that fell through, unfortunately. Actually, had two kind of lined up, and they both fell through. Um, so hopefully we'll have something coming up. Hopefully we'll have other things to talk about. I know there's like four people listening. Thank you for subscribing, you four people. Uh, so probably for a while, won't be much sports talk, and I'm trying to come up with something that's a little more in not in depth, but something that's a little more um, entertaining. Hopefully, some of you guys will like it, and we will you listen. Hopefully, uh, before I go, before we end this session. Uh, first and foremost, if you are part of the group of people that went out and bought Resilience Butte County IPA, thank you very, very much. I saw, I think, yesterday that they made over $15 million just from that beer, which is awesome. A uh, small local brewery here contributed over 10000 Now uh, There's another local, two other local breweries. I don't know what they um, contributed to. I know uh, a brewery that has three locations, uh, over $50,000. Last number I heard was there's over 1,600 breweries nationwide that brewed the beer. 100% of the proceeds did go to the Camp Fire Relief Fund. Uh, So $15 million. That is awesome. And if you went and did that, my hat's off to you and I – do appreciate it. I don't live in Butte County, but I'm not that far from Butte County, and we got smoke. That's it. <clears throat> Butte County had, well, lives lost, both figuratively and physically. So if you went and you bought the beer, thank you very, very much on behalf of Butte County. Uh, $15 million is not bad. I don't know how much longer it's going to be out there. I know uh, Sierra Nevada did can it. I think they're running out. I haven't gone and bought my cans yet. I bought, oh, I bought it from a couple different locations. I haven't bought cans yet. I'm kind of on a – I've decided to be sober for January and most of February. <laughs> Probably all of February. Probably won't drink again until March. So if I see it, I'll probably go buy it and – Give it to my neighbor or something. But so if you haven't seen the, if you see it, if you see it at your brewery, your local tab house, if you see it at your local grocery store, pick it up. Even if you don't drink, pick it up. 
Give it to somebody walking down the sidewalk. Give it to the homeless person. Give it to your sister. Give it to your brother. Give it to the guy you hate. Give it to the chick you hate. Give it to the person you love. Give it to your crush. Give it to whoever. Remember, 100% of the proceeds go to the Campfire Relief Fund, which will help people rebuild their lives in Butte County. Again, over 160,000 acres were destroyed. 18,000 residential or 18,000 buildings were destroyed. 14,000 of those were residential buildings. About 90 some odd people lost their lives. And doesn't even tell you the countless amount of people that lost their livelihoods. <clears throat> so please go out there, find it, get it, drink it if you want, give it to somebody if you want. Why don't you go out there and buy it? There's also a charity. I forgot what it's called. Um, I wish I knew what it was. I heard it yesterday. Um, also goes towards Butte County. It's, ah, fuck. I wish I knew what it was. I don't even know where to start. Maybe you can look it up if you're interested. It is a charity that is trying to raise money for the teachers of Butte County. Uh, school is starting back up here really soon, if not already started, uh, for, you know, grade schoolers, high schoolers, middle schoolers middle schoolers and fire alarms going off must be next door so um i don't know what they need i've heard about it. i think you know what you can probably go on the rich eisen show wait is it rich eisen was heard it on there's a radio show actually it's a different radio show they had the punter from the 49ers on and he was doing i forgot his name uh so uh, if you're interested go look it up the money I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know anything about it. Again, I just happened to catch the tail end of it. Well, that's a pretty cool thing to do. I just didn't look it up. That's my fault. So, uh, from what I understand, it is to help teachers, school supplies, teachers get ready to go for classes because classes started for some people, for some kids, um, so on and so forth, and all that good shit. So, thanks for listening. Go out and dominate the world. Fuck shit up, and you all have a good one.